Hello and welcome to the State News Sports Roundtable. I'm your host as always, Eli McCowan, and today I will be joined by Carly Graham, our audience engagement editor, to be discussing the return of Major League Baseball, and then be joined by Devin Anderson-Torres to discuss the return of the NBA. With sports hopping into full swing with the NWSL Premier League finishing up, Major League Baseball, NBA, and the WNBA started this weekend, I felt it was important to discuss the return of some of our major sports leagues in the upcoming weeks, the emotions of sports being back even in a limited capacity. Devin and I will be discussing the NBA bubble, our favorites to win, and who we are most excited to watch. But first, here's Carly Graham and I discussing Major League Baseball's return, the Detroit Tigers, and our favorites to be crowned champion of the 60-game season. Now we have Carly Graham on the podcast for the first time. For those of you who don't know Carly, she's our audience engagement editor, diehard Tigers fan, and also a J.D. Martinez stan. So, Carly, how are we doing today? I am doing fantastic right now. Thank you for having me on the Sports Pod. I have been waiting for this for a long time, so I'm excited to finally get to give my sports hot takes. Well, and since you've been on the Sports Podcast, any person that takes part in it also becomes honorary sports bro for life. So I have to congratulate you. You've become a sports bro for life. Again, I have been waiting on this honor for far too long um i've been asking for it for a long time i really thought that i got close when i had to like edit some sports stories earlier this summer but i'm glad that this pushed me over the edge Mm -hmm. i'm glad i can finally i can claim the status that i worked so hard for (laughs) you are one of two people who now has that honor katie kelly has it for sitting in a podcast room for hours and hours (laughs) going through our podcast this fall and this or i guess it was this winter actually and then you are now the second tessa will probably end up getting it this summer when (laughs) because she probably deserves it now so you know what we'll award it to tessa too tessa congratulations she's the one who edits this podcast she gets it now as well so now you're one of three We'll call it that. Now I am still honored. <laughs> and Wendy's going to have to wait. I know she's going to be upset, but she's going to have to wait. So we brought on Carly to talk about Major League Baseball returning and also the Detroit Tigers. So Carly, first, how excited are you for the return of baseball? I am beyond excited. I, like, I often don't let it on very much, but I am a person who, like, really enjoys watching sports. And I don't think I'm necessarily the type of person that, um, like, gets super into all the numbers and, like, all the aspects with all the players and all the teams. But I do enjoy, like, the atmosphere of sports, if that makes sense. So I'm very excited to have something back on TV that we can watch that kind of brings, like, a sense of unity and something to cheer for and, like, something to get excited about. So I'm very, very excited for that return. It is really sad that we're not going to get like any of that baseball atmosphere. Like we're not going to be able to go to games, which sucks because that's, that's like for me, like I'm the casual baseball fan. I love, I love the Tigers growing up in Michigan and everything, but like it's the only time I was like really got into it. It was like, Oh, when you're at the ballpark, that was the time where it's fun. Cause like, as much as, like, I will be watching it is because there's no other sports going on other than soccer, which I've been loving the NWSL and the Premier League. Don't get me wrong. But, like, I need something else. And baseball will be great to have. I'll be watching it. But not being able to have that atmosphere. Plus, they're, like, telling them they can't even, like, spit on the field 
during this and not being like just the little things like that that make baseball so important it's gonna be sad not seeing that I know baseball like I've seen that with a lot of people where the reason that they do end up enjoying baseball is it's going to the games and getting to see that part of all of it and so I definitely completely understand that they opened up like a super minor league team in my hometown a couple years ago. It's at this place called Jimmy John's Stadium. It's the United Shore League. It's There's a couple extra letters in the middle there, but it's like four teams that just play out of this one little stadium in Utica, Michigan. And like they have $6 lawn tickets. And going to all of those games, it has always been like so much fun the past couple of summers. So I don't completely know how they're doing it this year. I think that they are opening it up to, like, small crowds, and they're still going to play, but I know that not having, like, the same amount of people that are always there and not having the same experiences that I would normally have will definitely be, like, at least a little bit of a loss. So I also want to ask you, just because I am generally curious, this is kind of off the cuff here, but why the J.D. JD Martinez stand? Where does this come from? Okay. <laughs> I do have a good answer for this, I think. Um, I've always really, really loved baseball. It is something that my family has always watched, like, growing up. And it's something that's always been, like, a big part of my family. And so I think I got really, really into it when I was, like, probably, like, 12, 13, 14. In those, like, few years Right, when I was, like, kind of in that, like, weird coming-of-age stage. J.D. Martinez came to the Detroit Tigers, and I think his first year was 2014, and I just, like, really, really liked his energy, and I liked his, like, face straight up. I thought he was beautiful, (laughs) and I, he, like, ended up being a really, really good player, and since he was both beautiful and good at what he did I just like immediately found myself like obsessed with him and now like as I'm sitting in my childhood bedroom I have like my signed poster of him sitting next to me and then like back (laughs) on my shelf I have a signed baseball from when I met him and like all this extra stuff because I like I truly have never loved an athlete quite like I love J.D. Martinez (laughs) It's fair. I mean, the Tigers, they revived his career. It was it was not going good before, and then he gets picked up by the Tigers, and, I mean, know where he is now. He's multiple-time All-Star. I mean, it's pretty crazy. I was always curious, because from the start, it was always, like, this J.D. Martinez thing, and I never understood it, so I'm glad I know now. So, I guess we've talked about baseball. So, the Tigers, you're obviously a Tigers fan. They're probably going to be, like, one of the worst teams in baseball this year. So, but still, you have all this excitement. Why, just, why are you still excited to watch such a bad team this this summer? I think that I find myself remaining excited because, one, I like the broadcast crew. So, like, that's another weird thing that I've always loved about baseball. Like, I've always loved hearing the voices of baseball. So, like, when we had Mario and Pemba and Rod Allen in Detroit... They were my homies, and then when we lost both of them a few years ago, that that was, like, hard for me. Like, I took it. I took it pretty personally. I, but, I still will never get over the fact that this happened over... The reason they're not in the booth together anymore is because they fought over a chair, and they... And I, was it... 
I don't remember if it was Mario that did it or it was Rod Allen that did it. One of them put each other in a chokehold, and it was like a whole thing. That was that was the most bizarre thing to ever happen, I think. I have, like, a lot of thoughts on this. Like, a lot for no reason. But um, I am excited that as the Red Sox are, like, my second favorite team because J.D. Martinez is now over there, Um that is where Mario and Peppa mm-hmm. is currently, I believe. He is the voice of the Red Sox right now, which I think is very fun. I, yeah, I don't know. I always like the Tigers just because I'm from Metro Detroit. So it's like that hometown feel kind of. It's also just like what I've always known. Like you grow up a Tigers fan, you know? Yeah. It's, it's I mean, you have that, to be You're that, from Michigan. That was kind of my thing, too. I grew up on Curtis Granderson and like... I mean, young Verlander and everybody, like, from that era. And, oh, my God, those – Curtis Granderson was, like, my dude when I was growing up. So, like, that was the one. But it's I, – I definitely feel that. I mean, so what are your expectations for them this year? Not good. <laughs> I don't anticipate any major wins or anything like that. But I do have faith that – we will have like a couple surprises. Something I feel like I always see from the Tigers is like kind of an interesting start to the season. I feel like they never start overly terribly and then they just like kind of get worse as mm-hmm. the season goes on. And I think that that will play to our advantage in a 60 game season. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It'll definitely be weird. It's a different team than we have seen in the past, obviously. We don't have any, like, super big powerhouses that we really would usually have. But um, I don't know. I've been keeping up with what they've been doing and, like, practices and, like, spring training, air quotes. But I don't know. I, I, I envision it going better than what everyone is anticipating. I think in a 60-game season where it's it's a sprint and not a race, they could – if, if things go the right way, baseball is fluky. If things go the right way, they could surprise some people. I don't think they're going to make playoffs or even be close. But I think, like you said, I think they definitely have the potential to be a little bit of a surprise. Be like, oh, especially, and we'll, I'm going to ask you about this here in a second, but like, you know, with a lot of these young guys, I'm hope my biggest hope is that they play some of these younger guys in this time. It's 60 games. You can't, it's, nothing's going to hurt to get these guys out there and play them. And that's what I'm most looking forward to seeing. But I want to ask you, are you lo- wanting to see more of the youth movement with Detroit? Or are you wanting them to play some more of their experienced guys? Both. I want a healthy mix, but there are definitely a lot of the younger people that are like up and coming that I am very interested in seeing how they'll do. Uh, before we started recording, I told you someone that I'm excited to see is Riley Green who is the 19-year-old, which I, I like, I think it's crazy that he got drafted at 18, I believe. He was, yeah, very Right out young. of high school. And, yeah, and that, like, he's going to do so well. I feel like, I don't know if he's going to get much play time this round, but I've been seeing what he's been doing at practice and in spring training, and he's been, like, hitting home runs and making amazing catches and doing all these awesome things. He might have had catch so, of the know. year uh, already in um, 
one of their, I don't remember if it was an inter-squad game or what it was, but he had, it was on the Tigers account, he had made two, there were two incredible catches he had over the, oh my, over the wall, and my goodness, he's, it's also mind-blowing to think he is, I was looking it up, and that was why I made that face I made just a couple minutes ago, he's two months younger than I am, which, and this guy's already making bank, so that's, that's inspiring, that's good to know. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't realize how, it's, that's one of the crazy things is like, I, I'm at, like, we're at that age now where some of these guys that are coming into the professional leagues are like older then, and I really don't like it. But, um, no, I, I hope we do see the youth. I want to see Riley Green, maybe Torkelson, maybe, I don't know. We'll see. And then, uh, Casey Mize is the other one I want to see. I really hope we get to see him. I, I mean, our pitching is going to be not that great this year either. And I'd like to see him at least get a shot a couple games towards the end, maybe. Yeah, I couldn't even, like, tell you most of our... Like, I don't think I could name most of our lineup right now. No. It's not many people that I, like, am super familiar with, even as I look at the website right now. But I am excited to have, like, a couple familiar faces coming back. Like, Cameron Maven being back on mm-hmm. our roster made me so happy um love jacoby jones our pitching staff will be rough as i look at it i like i like matt boyd and me and we'll see with like i know um like zimmerman's out sounds like he's not gonna play at all i mean this staff is gonna be i hope they give some chance because they have a lot of really young pitching talent they've drafted in the last couple drafts i'd like to see because i mean that was the downfall of the tigers era like when we started watching when they were good over the years was always the they had great starting pitching they always had guys like Verlander Scherzer some others it's always the bullpen screwed us over in the last three innings so I'd really like to see um some of these guys see the pitching get back to this and then see some of these young guys like Torkelson and Riley Green others get in maybe get a shot um we'll see if that happens though I don't know I but one of the other things I think that's been hurting me in terms of being making this a difficult watch for me, is everything that happened between the players and the owners leading up to this, their money negotiations that happened for like over two months. I mean, did that make you lose interest at all? I think, I don't know if it like necessarily made me lose interest per se, but I do know that I personally, it was just like annoyed. Mm-hmm. I was like, Baseball is the least contact-heavy sport, I feel. Like, that is the sport that you can play with, like, great distance between one another. And, like, I was just so annoyed that it took us this long to get it back. Because the first game that they're playing from when we're recording this is in two days. That's the Tigers' first game. And... Like, as we said, soccer's already going on and things like that that are much closer contact. And that, like, that was very frustrating to me just because I feel like we could have had it already for, like, a long period of time. And it just ended up being, like, ridiculous for no reason. It was, like, the most childish thing I think I've ever been a part of where there were times when the owners and the players were just, like, we're not going to negotiate for the next five days because screw the owners or screw the players. And I am someone who's usually very, very pro player. And I still was in the situation. Um, 
but it was the it, as someone who is a casual baseball fan sitting there and seeing him arguing over money was definitely disappointing especially when they did come to an agreement and then the players all came out and was like yeah we don't have we're not being tested in these protocol we're be, barely being tested and these protocols suck and we're all going to get covid if we don't do better and and it was like you spent all this time arguing over money when you could have been trying to figure out these medical protocols that make this safe. And I think that was something that was really disappointing for me, I think, is watching that. Especially when I watched my favorite professional league, the NBA, right from the start. They had the advantage of playing most of their season, but they were just like, we're going to a bubble and we're going to figure this out. And like we'll, we'll talk about this when we get there. But baseball, they just had a haggle over money. And, that, and it wasn't a good look in the middle of a pandemic either when I'm all the, I mean we're in the highest unemployment rate we've ever seen and you have billionaires and millionaires arguing over money it's never a good look it definitely could have been handled significantly better than it was but something else that I found interesting was I like I still don't understand how it's going to end up working where if someone doesn't play this year if their contract is extended I, I think I think what they're doing is and I probably shouldn't I think it's I'm honestly not sure. It's either they're forfeiting it or they're getting paid. I know it's not changing their contract any. So they won't get extended, but I do know it's either getting forfeited or they're getting paid. It's one or the other, but I honestly don't know. Yeah, it's just like very strange that I feel like a lot of people don't have those answers or those answers yet. But like I even seeing like random baseball players right when they announced that sports were coming back or that MLB was coming back, they were like, "I'm out." Mm-hmm. Like David Price, for example, former Tiger, he said, "I'm not playing this year out of concern of COVID nineteen," and that makes sense, and I get it, but. There were also a couple times where it was like, what are your real motives was my better question. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, and there's guys like Ian Desmond. Um, he said he didn't want to do it because he felt like he had COVID concerns. And it was also like he felt like he wanted to focus more on the current um, movement happening in our country as well. There were a lot of other you know things for these guys, too. It's definitely a really interesting time. But I. I'm glad the owners and the players could come. To, I mean, they really didn't come to a conclusion. The owners just said, we're going to do the 60-game season we agreed to in March and then move on. But I'm glad we're having baseball regardless because we needed it, like, so bad. We needed something to happen. We have this, and we have basketball coming back, which we'll be talking about to Devin momentarily. Um, I'm just very excited. But before I let you go, Carly, I want to ask one final thing, and that is we have to figure out who's winning this thing. So, right now, do you have a favorite that you think is going to be crowned World Series champions? I have no idea, but I have high hopes in my Boston Red Sox yet again. I, in any and all situations, I will put my faith in J.D. Martinez. That is not what I should do, but I stand by that. I still think they have a strong team backing them up last year did not go how we wanted it for them but i'm happy the natties won too so 
Tigers. They had Scherzer. Listen, I have yeah. so much love for my former Tigers. So much love for my former Tigers. Yeah. I I'm mean, not entirely sure who's going to take take it home, but I the, like the idea of it being the Red Sox. Honestly, it's not – a like the Red Sox, I mean, it is that kind of thing where they're in a position like – I mean, it's 60 games. It's a sprint. They have talent. They can find a way to do it. I'm I'm gonna go ahead and go with just the clear cut favorite with everyone else, and that's the Los Angeles Dodgers. They've, I, I, it's either gonna be them or the Yankees, and I really don't want it to be the Yankees. And I want for the Dodgers, they got cheated out of a World Series by the Astros, and after the Astros' whole cheating scheme, when they're banging on trash cans, and it's it just I, there's nothing more that I hate in sports than a cheater, and that one got to me. Not even like like the steroids thing doesn't bother me, but when there's like blatant cheating going on like that, that bothers me. That just drives me insane. And like so when when I look at the Dodgers though, they get Mookie Betts from the Red Sox. They just signed him to a huge extension today as well. I think it was three hundred eighty million dollars for like thirteen years. It's crazy. I think that was the number. Clayton Kershaw still hasn't won his title, and he's considered one of the best pitchers of our generation. Like he needs to go get one. You get Jock Peterson, some of these other guys in this roster. I, I'm i going to go with the Dodgers. I just think it, they've got the most talent. And then in a, what, something that could be a fluky season, maybe they're just too talented for a team to knock off. I think, personally, the Dodgers choke. I think that they consistently choke. And also, I have a deep hatred for the Dodgers because they consistently knock out the teams that I am rooting for during the World Series runs. They knocked out um, the Arizona Diamondbacks when they were a <laughs> wild card three years ago when Trady, when J.D. Martinez was traded over there. So the Dodgers and I have beef, and then the Yankees and I also have beef just you know, because I have to, because they're the Yankees. I just, I hate the Yankees with everything I have. Like, I don't, as you like, I don't even have, like, as a Tigers fan, don't have any beef with, like, the Cleveland Indians or the Twins or the Royals, anybody like that. I don't have a problem. Hate the Yankees. Just hate them. Sorry, Chase, if you're listening to this. No, you're your Yankees guy, but like I just I don't care. I hate them so much. It's not even, it's not even that I hate the people on the team, really. I just, Something about the Yankees. I just can't stand them. Maybe it was just born into me. I don't know. But I can't stand the Yankees. Because they have a superiority complex. I stand by that. I hate the Yankees. Mm-hmm. They're the I'm worst. very weird about having Austin Romine on our on our roster now. Because he was a Yankee for so long. And I feel like he's going to bring bad vibes to the Tigers. <laughs> I don't even mind. I love Giancarlo Stanton for them, too. That guy who's hitting 50 homers a year. And then Aaron Judge was has been crazy. I mean, he's a st- he's probably one of the most recognizable stars in baseball. Don't have a problem with anyone on that team, really. But hate the Yankees. Just hate their organization. That just it's just flat out. I don't know. I the only team I hate more is the Astros. The only thing I can ask for right now is that the Astros do not win a title this year. That would make me more mad than anything. No cheaters. Just I. Oh. That, that made my skin crawl. I get it, and I respect it. Yeah. Well, Carly, I want to thank you for coming on and joining me on the podcast this week. 
and hopefully the Tigers will pleasantly surprise us and maybe win something here. I sure do hope so. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be a sports bro. Of course. Thanks for joining me, Carly. Thank you. So now I'm joined by Devin Anderson-Torres to be to discuss the NBA's return. So Devin, how are we doing today, man? Oh, we're doing pretty good. Happy to see sports is back. How are, how are you? I'm just incredibly excited to watch some NBA basketball. That's where I'm at. I'm very excited, even if it is with no fans, none of that. I'm just excited for some basketball. Uh, we, got, we got cut short back in March and um, didn't sit right with me. So I'm really glad to have it back. Yeah. So for sure, we're here talking about the return of the NBA. Um, so I got to ask Devin, because I'm honestly not 100% sure, where does your fandom lie in the NBA? Do you have a team or are you kind of all over the place? Um, I've, uh, I've varied from uh, team to team. Um, I've never really had like a, a real like team to call my own because we do live in Michigan and we have the Detroit Pistons. So... As far away as I can stray from the Pistons is where I want to be. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have a real team in the NBA, I don't think. See, it's interesting because I think everybody in Michigan that's on in our age group feels that way about the Pistons because we weren't, al- like, we weren't alive during the Bad Boys era. And then when they won their title in 05, I think it was 04, 05, somewhere like, or there, um, I mean, we were young. I don't really remember it. I remember watching Ben Wallace, some of those guys later when I was a little bit younger, but I don't really remember them winning a title. So I've, I picked the, the Seattle Sonics when I was really little, playing with them on, uh, I forget even what system it was I played with them on. They were green. I went with the Sonics. They turned into the Thunder, followed them ever since, been a big Thunder, Thunder guy. I just... Yeah, there you go. That's just how I, it's you know, been. Yeah, I've, I've, uh, I've watched the Bad Boys documentary more than probably any documentary ever but I'm still just I'm eerie to say the Pistons I think um I'm talking about 2k I got to play with the uh the Celtics a lot so yeah. Celtics and Lakers I play with a lot so how excited are you for the NBA's return and some of these other sports returning right now like what's your feeling at right now I'm just I'm just happy to see sports back I've uh since sports have been gone, I've picked up uh, playing a lot of mediocre golf. Um, I'm 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 uh, happy to see some some professional stuff going on, man. Because I was tired of hitting bogeys and double bogeys. Um, yeah, I mean I'm super excited. Um, uh, even from the National Women's Soccer League starting, I was watching that a little bit when it came. Well, that was one of the first things that came out, right? Yeah. That was the first. Yep, and um. I mean, and now NBA, I like watching the NBA, MLB, I'm especially excited about. It's just um, good to see things back. I'm still um, watching closely about college sports, but I'm really happy to see that professional stuff is getting going. Yeah, I mean, like the NWSL, I was really excited for that to start because I was a big U.S. women's soccer fan watching them the last couple World Cups and the Olympics. Um, Always been a big fan, but I never watched the NWSL, so I was excited to be able to watch that, even though was only able to watch a couple of games because a lot of it was on CBS All Access and I'm too broke to get All Access. So I only was able to watch a couple, but then I was watching the Premier League a lot. I've, I've been a fan of the Premier League the last few years. I've really picked up soccer in the last like five years or so and become pretty big on it. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm very excited as well for that. But talking about the NBA a little bit, 
who are you most excited to or intrigued to see in the NBA and their return at, as a team or as a player or both? Jeez, um, I think I think just based off his first performance, we might we might be seeing the the legend of Bull Bull start to blossom here. And I'm especially excited to see where that goes. Um, Nuggets, I think they're they're three they're three in their conference. Yeah. So they got they're uh, they're on their way to a playoff spot, I believe. I'd, I'd be excited to see if Bull Bull can make something happen, but um, you know, on a on a more serious and team note, I think that the Lakers will be interesting to watch, just especially because all eyes are on them with LeBron. Um, and then they don't have Avery Bradley or Rajon Rondo. They are with they're running with a three-time suspended player just this year, Dion Waiters. So um, to see if they can uh, make something work with uh, LeBron and AD and the staff they filled around them, I'd be really excited to see where they where they end up. The whole Bulbul phenomenon makes it even better when you look at that entire lineup that surrounded him with Jokic running the point, and then yeah. I, I think it was who was at the two? It was like Jeremy Grant, Jeremy then Grant, yeah, Bulbul, then, then, then Paul Millsap, um, and the Plumley brother. And Plum, yep. Yep. And, like, I, I saw it on Twitter, like, when they were about to tip. I saw the line, and I was like, like, I, like, had, like, my jaw dropped. I'm like, what is happening? And I turned it on. Watching Bulbul, like, running, like, running the offense and pulling up for, th- like, it was insane. I, that's, yeah. if, like, we'll see if the Nuggets give him consistent minutes. And, we'll, you know, like, we'll see what ends up happening. What, you know, it's just an exhibition. But, like, he looks terrifying if he untaps that potential and stays healthy he does yeah absolutely absolutely like he's ball handling skills for his size and then the way he was pulling up and shooting i mean like that's oh my god like this potential's nuts i'm i am excited to watch him to see if he can play um from another from a team standpoint and from another player state like from another player standpoint first i want i'm really excited to watch luka Doncic. um Luka Doncic is just, I mean, he had an MVP caliber season before everything got shut down. And um, he, I mean, he's one of my favorite players to watch this entire season. He just lights up the scoreboard, fills the stat sheet. Um, he'll be exciting to watch, especially running the Mavericks, especially if Porzingis can be healthy. Really excited to watch them. Um, as a team, really excited to watch the Thunder, obviously, because I think we'll get into this a little bit later, but I think they maybe have a little bit of a dark horse thing in them a little bit. But um, from another team standpoint, I mean, the, watching Giannis and the Bucks, man, I, they're, Giannis is one of the most incredible players, most unique athletes we've ever seen in our lifetime. And I, I got the opportunity to watch him in person when I went out to Milwaukee during spring break when, he, when they played the Thunder. And by halftime, he had like 25 points over – double-digit rebounds. I think he had, like, five or six assists, and they were up on the Thunder by 20. And it was already – like, he's – he and watching him in person was just – I mean, you start to realize just how much of a just insane athlete he is. And, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to watch them, and they have a really good team around him. That's why they're the most – they have the best record in the NBA right now. I think they had – I don't remember what their record was. I think they were on pace for 60-some 60, 60 wins. And, I mean, Chris Middleton, 
some of these guys, the Lopez brothers around him, um, George Hill is playing really good as their point guard before they get everyone, uh, everything got shut down. Um, Bledsoe coming up. Bledsoe wasn't even their main point guard a lot of times. So, and Dante DiVincenzo from Villanova had an amazing year for the Bucks before everything got shut down. So excited to watch them as well. Um, and that's, well, translating to our next topic, the favorite to win the NBA title. Um, Devin, who who are some of your favorites to be crowned champs of this bubble season? All right, so we're going to look at, obviously, the Bucks. I feel like people are quick to look past them just because they're so good. It's hard to really, like, fathom Bucks just being able to swipe through all the competition like they have been all year. But, I mean, obviously, the Bucks are one of my top picks to win. Um, next to them, um, Clippers. Got to be the Clippers. Kawhi and Paul, they're, they're going to pose that threat to the Lakers and I could see them, you know, knocking them down. And then, obviously, that leads me next to, like, probably my third choice, which would be the Lakers. I think those three have a really good chance of um, winning this year. Yeah, I, I'm right with you. Um, both Bucks. we talked about the Bucks and the Lakers. I mean, the Lakers, you put LeBron and Anthony Davis together. I mean, they're going to compete. Um, I have a lot of worries about the rest of the roster around them, especially considering – I mean, who they're going to have as their guards. I mean, we're talking about Caruso probably playing a lot of minutes at the guard spot. I mean, I like Caruso. He's fun to watch. But, I mean, like, you know, is that really championship winning basketball? I I don't know. Um, So I'm concerned with that a little bit for the Lakers. But I look at the Clippers. And like you said, with Kawhi and Paul George. um, But then it's also the rest of the roster around them. They are so deep. Beverly left the bubble, but it sounds like he's going to be coming back. Um, he's obviously defensive stalwart and guard of so many different people. And it's such a, I mean, he's like a gnat, you know, like he's one of those just annoying. He's in your face. He's going to bother you. People get fights with him all the time. Um, you look at some of the other guys, Montrez, Harrell, uh, Zubach, who's been really good for them this season. Um, they picked up Reggie Jackson and one of the Marcus or one of the Morris twins. Morris twin, yeah. Um, and a buyout. Uh, they had, they have a, really deep long lengthy athletic team that's going to be really hard for the Lakers to stop and that's when I look at the finals and you can go ahead and give me your prediction as well after this I've got the Clippers and Bucks making it there I just look at the Clippers top to bottom and this this long list of players they have in this roster that can cause trouble for the Lakers and I just worry about the Lakers depth um I think the Lakers and the Clippers will be the ones in the Western Conference Finals, but I think the Clippers are going to take them down. And I think the Bucks will fly through the East. I think their number one uh, competitor will be the Raptors. I think that's another team we haven't talked about. They're the best defensive team in the league. Um, and they return that entire lineup off that championship-winning team. They're going to be a team to watch um, for the Bucks. I think they take them, the, the Bucks to a long series. But um, I just I worry about... I think Pascal Siakam is one of the better players in the league, and he was having a great season. But I wonder about who's going to be their killer in end-of-the-game situations. Do do we think Siakam can be that guy? Are we going to have to rely on Kyle Lowry or Fred Van Vliet in those situations? Who's going to be that guy for them? I mean, Siakam, we'll see. But I, I just think the Bucks in a longer series will do it. So I think I have the Bucks and the Clippers in my finals. Devin, who you kind of got pegged in that spot? So I'm going to say that the finals I really want to see is 
Lakers Celtics. Okay. Yep. I would love to see a Lakers Celtics finals. Do I think that's likely? I'm not sure. The Celtics definitely have to get past the Bucks and the Raptors for that matter, whoever they meet, if they meet them. Um, but I'd have to agree with you where I think the most likely outcome might be a a Clippers champion with Clippers and Bucks in the finals. Yeah, I I look at the Celtics and I just worry about with them going past the Bucks because their Giannis stoppers are essentially going to be Daniel Tice and Robert Williams. And I'm just not I mean I think Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart are great perimeter defenders, but I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't think they're guarding Giannis very well. And I, Kemba's health has also been an issue during this bubble. He said he's still dealing with an ankle injury. So that's scary for me looking at the Celtics. I like them. I hope um, my sister lives out in Boston. I've been to a Celtics game or two. Um, so I, I, I think a Lakers-Celtics would be fun. Like, you go back in that history and go back. I mean, that would be a really fun series. I mean, Jason Tatum's, I mean, he's phenomenal. And that would be a really fun one. Um, who do you have as some of your dark horses, teams that maybe aren't being talked about as much that you think could maybe make some noise? So, bear with me here, because this is going to be a little bit of a stretch. Okay. All right, but... I like I like the Memphis Grizzlies a lot. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I like them to obviously it might it's probably gonna look at the one eight with Grizzlies and Lakers, um probably playing in that first round of, uh, of the playoffs if the Grizzlies make it because they're right there with the Pelicans, but um I like that John Morant Jaron Jackson Jr. combo I think they might be the best young duo in the NBA yeah. right now in that possible dynasty so even if they don't do it this year. I think they, they could still shake it up and, um, you know, take a couple of games from the Lakers, maybe not win it, but push it to seven. And that really hurt the Lakers as far as um, longevity goes going forward. I think that you look at the Grizzlies and there's somebody that could really, you know, shake up the, the playing field. See, I Jaron Jackson, I forget the exact stat, but he's shooting on par, his three-point shooting in his career with like at six attempts per game or something like that is on par with, like, Kyle Korver and some of, like, the best shooters of all time. And that's terrifying to think about with him at 6'11". I mean, he's been – if he stays out of foul trouble, I mean, he was an all-star caliber player. But they're per, like, he's he's insane. It's, it's crazy to see his growth from Michigan State as well. And then, I mean, John Morant's just – I mean, we know what John Morant is. He's crazy. crazy. I mean, he's just I – mean, some of these dunks he almost pulled off the season, some of the oh my goodness! Um, I just yeah, I think John Moran is so fun to watch. Yeah, just the way he plays basketball. He's a you know he's a flashy player, and but he's also one that can really pass. And I think people overlook his IQ and his passing ability yeah. a lot of the time. But he is an insane passer. You look at some of those behind the back things mm-hmm. he's done, and you know he he knows what he's doing. And he'll be able to move that ball. Yeah. So I've got. Three I'm going to throw at you for dark horses that I've been thinking about. My first one's also an eight seed team, and that's the Portland Trailblazers. Team that made it to the conference finals last year. They're in that same spot. They're two and a half games back of the Grizzlies um, to get there. I think two and a half or three and a half. It's one or the other, I think. But they're right there. They have the potential to make that get that eight seed. And they get Jusef Nurkic back, Zach Collins back. Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum in that backcourt. 
Um, watched them in a scrimmage yesterday. Wenyan Gabriel from Kentucky also played some really good minutes for them, and he was a rookie this year, I think, or maybe it was from two years ago. Um, I think that's a team that could cause some trouble for the Lakers and take them, like you said, like the Grizzlies take them a few games. And I think with Portland, with Damian Lillard, I mean, I watched what he did to my Thunder last year. I mean, that guy's a killer. He, I mean, he is the, in my opinion, one of the, like, the clutchest player in basketball. He's just, I mean, he doesn't get enough attention because he's out in Portland. But he is just an incredible talent. Um, I think they could, he could push the Lakers and maybe even knock them out if, depending on how that goes. Um, my second one also out of the West is my Oklahoma City Thunder. I'm going to plug them because this is the team that I think might have the least amount of questions heading in. We, we know what this team is, and it's there's not a lot of questions about, like, who, like, is so-and-so going to be able to do this. It's just, like, Chris Paul, I mean, has just been incredible for them this year. This team's on a better pace, like, win-wise than when they had Russell Westbrook and Paul George last year. And they've been really solid. And after starting out 6-11, and they've had the second-best record in the NBA, but only behind the Bucks and starting six and eleven, um, they've been really good. Chris Paul's a leader. I think he's a guy with him and, Sh- and SGA who have been a phenomenal backcourt with each other. Daniel Gallinari's been great. Stephen Adams, I mean, great uh, post guy. I mean, I love. I don't think they end up winning it, but I think they whoever ends up going against them, they're gonna hate playing against them. They're gonna hate going against them, and I think the Thunder could make a little bit of a run. I don't think they win it, but I think they push some teams. With Chris Paul, he's just, he's been great. Um, my other one, though, and this one's out east, it's Miami Heat with Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo. Those, Jimmy Butler's another guy who's a killer. Guy just rips your heart out. I mean, we saw what he did with the Timberwolves when he, I mean, challenges all of them. I mean, that guy's the ultimate competitor. Um, apparently, the NBA, somebody called the NBA snitch line to say that he was working out like late, in the, early in the morning, which is hilarious to me. Um, so yeah, I, I really like the Miami Heat, um, but Bam Adebayo being a Giannis defender, I think they could be a team that gives them a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to piggyback on your, uh, Portland Trailblazers just because, um, you can't count out Mellow, Skinny Mellow now is no. what we're calling him, but you definitely got Mellow in there. And I, I think after you said that one, I want to piggyback on that before yeah. we get off that topic. Well, Devin, that's all I have for you today. I really appreciate you coming on to talk about some NBA basketball, man, and I'm really excited to see how this goes. Yeah, I'm excited for it to happen. All right, well, again, thank you for coming on. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, This is uh, the end end of the episode, and uh, we will catch you guys in another two weeks.